I V M. Hello and welcome to Simplified, the weekly podcast hosted by four people who get together and then decide what to talk about. But has gone <laughs> on for long enough that uh, no one's telling us to stop anymore. I am Tony, and joining wow. me is always back fresh from a vacation in Thailand. Uh, the one and only Chuck. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. he's frozen on screen, but uh, cool on the inside and hot on the outside. Uh, say hi, Narendra. Wow. Hello. Yeah. I'm, am I still frozen on the screen? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. Oh, wow. so Just frozen in time. We Just shall not jinx time. it. Yeah. <laughs> For our listeners, Naren is now using his third device to get into this recording. That's how much uh, hard work we do to bring you Simplified. And also, having woken up <laughs> at uh, 6.30 first... a.m. Yeah. in a very cold Canada. Say hi, Srikit. Yeah. Hi, what's yeah. up? I'm, I'm frozen is, in uh, on the screen and Shiket is frozen in real time. So that's, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, so uh, this yeah. is uh, a simplified uh, half pants episode. Uh, so we are all wearing shorts. Oh, sorry. It's half pints. Is it? okay. Half pints <laughs> episode. So <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Tony, horrible. <laughs> I am sorry. Oh but very good. Sorry. But very good all at once. So yes, yeah. we, once in a while when we don't have a topic or when so why are we taking the blame? When the world runs out of topics for us. Oh. To simplify. Wow, here, yeah. here, we are ready to simplify. If the world is not delivering, means what to do? I know. Uh, so <laughs> yes. we decided to take four smaller pieces of. Uh, this is like uh, th- there's that one Friends episode, right? Where Joey can't remember if he's dated a girl or not. So like, I think uh, someone that Rachel or someone <laughs> says that. So basically, you've dated all the women in New York City, and now you're going over again. <laughs> yeah. And that was definitely yeah. half pants. Anyway, yeah. we will uh, move on. So uh, we have a few interesting facts to share with you. We have done a couple of half pints episodes before. Basically, we bring one fact or piece of news or just some random piece of trivia that nobody could be bothered to fact check. And we bring it up for discussion over here. And I will start since this is my idea. I came across the article in the N- on uh, the NYT, which I thought was utterly fascinating. The article is called In China, Marriage Rates Are Down and bride prices are up and i had to yeah. see what bride prices exactly were so long story <laughs> when you say marriage in, rates it's it's not about the number of people getting married it's actually no, like, no it's actually, it's actually the, the price yeah, it's actually the price it's, it's kind of like a reverse dowry of sorts so what has happened uh, is because of one child policy that was implemented a few decades ago that's got a lot of ramifications uh, which we have like seen like beijing's population has declined for the first time ever and all that one of the consequences is exactly this that uh, people preferred you know well sons over daughters which meant that the gender ratio got damn skewed which so when everyone reached marriageable age there were very few women and there were a lot of guys and then the simple laws of economics kicked in and suddenly now there is an entire market like little market now for bride prices so women are or women's families rather are demanding money especially those who are in cities and are slightly educated and all that so I thought this was like kind of fascinating um, on many levels so just thought I'd bring it to the table for your discussion and perusal but uh, very quick allied thing that I realized is that China ended their uh, 
one child policy in 2015 in 2016 and now yeah, they yeah. have like i think up to three children allowed or something yeah yeah but but i think that's where that's where i think they they have put more china on the job yeah but china uh-huh. actually screwed up a little <laughs> bit where i mean the boom especially in asia the boom in like child uh, i mean people had a lot more children especially as we see with india right now reaping the demographic dividend is during the 80s and the 90s is where people had two three four more kids also like it was that was the norm and now like as we are seeing in the 21st century across all the industrialized or even developing nations the birth rates are now falling right so the thing is where uh, where in china where when they had the opportunity to actually grow their population they had the one child policy and now actually people don't even want to have kids so actually people are having fewer kids and stuff like that so it's it's become a huge problem by itself so Uh, I mean, I have one. Uh, I have one anecdote to share, or one story to share. Okay, so we Sheila and I went to China several years ago, maybe eight, nine years, and uh, we had we hired an interpreter slash guide to go around. And this was a young boy, um, very early twenties, and uh, sort of you know really uh, you know very polite, very very nice guy, and. Uh, everything and we grew very fond of him so you know so he, he was a very nice guy and then when uh, after a, a day or two whatever city that was when our ways were to part he came most sincerely to sheila and me and he practically uh, you know with folded hands uh, requested us to find a find an indian bride for him like sheila so he's telling oh, wow. me so <laughs> so, it was, so i told him like dude what what happened so he says no no i can never find anyone like sheila in china so you have to do this for me by which we mean women women like yeah so whatever or women we, like sheila or like women in general women in general i, I think he meant yeah. william women in general now sheila was awfully chuffed but uh, yeah i think he meant so let's leave it at that let's leave it at that let's leave it at the women like sheila but this yeah. guy he followed up with me for more than a year so more than a year this guy would keep texting and uh, saying hi and uh, yeah so that's yeah. my there idea. there is some <laughs> sheila ki jawani based joke somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, does it does it doesn't your wife have a twin sister She does. Unfortunately, also a young man. Yeah, she is also married. Unfortunately, and that guy is like out uh, whatever by a couple of decades. So he like oh, he, he timed his birth oh. wrong. <laughs> so But interestingly, um, I, on population decline, right? It, I mean, we speak of India overtaking China, etc. But several states in India actually have a declining population, like Kerala being the prime example. Uh, yeah. yeah. it has like alarmingly declining sort of population i mean uh, that's the growth that's the, yeah that's the trend right like though i mean i mean age, the higher ed, literacy rates are inversely proportional to uh, population growth right so i mean that's that's always been the case and like obviously which is where i mean and looking at countries like canada in that context is where they have like kind of gone ahead of the game in some way and said that okay screw it we are not even going to bother trying to improve our birth rates so let's just go with immigration as the sole source of population growth so mm-hmm. i mean that's why they are just importing people 
Yeah, I like this. I like seeing these unintended consequences or policies, uh, uh, you know, or rather unintended consequences of policies in China's case. Like I was looking at, okay, this was an interesting, like like for me, I didn't really want to discuss this particular thing that I said. But to me, it was like, oh, wow, because of a bad policy a few decades back, look at what's happening right now. So I searched if there are any other consequences of China's uh, one-child policy and uh, Britannica.com delivered uh, by saying, so there are three like very specific things that they said. One is because of the preference for male children at home, a lot of Chinese girls got adopted by families in the US and other countries. Again, kind of interesting. <laughs> and, and the second one was because is because of the growing population of elderly people, the result of the concurrent drop in children and born and rise in longevity. Or yada yada, basically, uh, China is getting older and there are fewer people to take care of them. So a crisis is predicted in a few years, just like how I think the same thing, the same problem uh, people in South Korea and uh, Japan are worrying about. And And the third thing, (laughs) and the third thing is kind of also kind of interesting. So uh, because having more than one child was illegal for the longest time, many children actually went unreported or were hidden from authorities. So now these are pretty much undocumented citizens of China and they have a lot of hardship in obtaining education, employment and uh, and all that. So again, unintended consequences of, huh, I wonder if there's a podcast for that, of uh, public policy. Uh, anyway, on a slightly lighter note, this reminds me of a campaign that, a marketing campaign that a travel company in Denmark had done a few years ago. Shriket, ah, you might remember Denmark. this. You remember Do It, do for, it for Denmark. Denmark. So Do It for Denmark is a fascinating campaign. Again, like Shriket said, the more advanced, uh, uh, the more developed a country becomes, uh, the less kids they want to have. And Scandinavian countries are a great place to start for that. So Denmark's population was rapidly declining and it was actually a problem. So a travel company uh, based in Denmark, they offered couples who managed to procreate abroad. Uh, and if they did so successfully, they would get a year's worth of supplies from uh, the travel company. I think the company spelt S-P-I-E-S, if I remember correctly, Spice yeah, yeah, yeah. P-S, however you pronounce so, it in Danish. So basically, the, uh, thing yeah, was that the, 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 the funda that they had at the core was that people tend to have, like, tend to get uh, get pregnant or get procreate on. more when they when they go on holidays like when they go on foreign holidays so they basically said that why don't they actually incentivize people to take more foreign holidays get pregnant and if they did after taking that this thing then they would give them a year's worth of baby supplies and all that stuff or uh, whatever because i mean <laughs> genuinely know, I, I, and yeah. then the campaign I, I, was do it for Denmark. <laughs> do it for Denmark, and they had a follow. You remember a couple of years back there was a uh, there was a campaign by some Parsi organization in yeah. Korea to encourage yeah. Parsis to have more kids. Oh, that yeah. was brilliant oh copywriting, God. right? Uh, yeah. What uh, be responsible, don't use a condom and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, especially with like uh, I mean, in a lot of these uh, places, like even. For that matter, even Japan and uh, Japan is also going through a similar kind of this thing where people don't want to have the kid, don't want to have kids. And like the governments are now incentivizing majorly, like in some ways, yeah. they're, uh, I think even in the Middle Eastern states and a lot of the Gulf states, like if you do end up having a kid, even I, I remember this was also the case in Malaysia. So, in for example, in mm. Malaysia, if you were to have a child, as many children as you want to have, like there is no cap, as many children as you want to have, the government completely pays. So you so especially for the locals, you don't have to pay for hospital visits. You don't have to pay for gynecologist visits. They give you like baby yeah. supplies for uh, about two years till the child is grown. And then like 
free education, other services, like everything is taken care of by the government because they're like, anyone who wants to have a kid, we want to make like all the, uh, I mean, as as easy as possible for them. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and just today there's a headline, South Korea will give families $770 a month to have a baby. This is how desperate countries are. To I, have. Have th- I have this, uh, you know, this idle thought just uh, sort of crossed my mind. You know, the biological urge to procreate, right, to have children of your own is really strong because that's how we we uh, progress as a species. So it it exists at a very, very basic level, very sort of, uh, you know, primal, it's inside yeah. every cell. It's a basic yeah, instinct. It's a basic instinct, yeah. And uh, I've seen this like completely anecdotally in several people that I know, several couples that I know, they've they've decided they decided first not to have children and then later in life you know they they couldn't resist the you know the urge and then they ended up adopting or whatever so what i wonder is how can large you know large population like south korea or something lose that urge or lose that biological impulse uh, all of a sudden like just in a matter of a generation it must be because of economic, uh, sociological and economic reasons. So in Japan, apparently it's because uh, living quarters are really expensive. And uh, the way society is organized, um, you know, if, if you don't have a house of your own, then you are looked down upon in, in, in Japanese society. That's what I'm told. So I really wonder what must be going through the minds of, uh, of people. I think it's, uh, I think it's quite likely... Yeah, it's practical. I think it's quite likely just to be, uh, I mean, it's economic, right? That's the reason why despite China lifting the one child thing, um, they're still not having kids. So it's economic. So to your point, not just economic, uh, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's a societal thing, right? Like the moment you're educated, like the base sort of tribal feeling would be to stay with your tribe, right? When you didn't have any education and you would listen to the tribal editors and shit like that and like the moment someone strays from or like questions the tribal leader he would have been expelled from that right as you grow and you get educated your sort of primary urge would be to get away from a joint family system and stay as like a couple or whatever and then like child rearing becomes much harder like the famous saying is that it takes a village to bring up a child right and in sort of a joint family sort of setup it becomes much, much easier to do that. I, I think like there is a direct correlation between how, which places have moved away from joint families. Kerala being a prime yeah. example has nuclear mm-hmm. families and then they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a True. worthwhile trade-off. To sort this of. is a very, very, uh, very interesting point, actually. The sociological, the existence of a support system in the bringing up of children and it appears to become really far more difficult, like like exponentially more yeah. difficult if you don't have that support system. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and also, I mean, I think the function is also about how the purpose of having children has also like evolved tremendously, right? Like earlier when, I mean, we're not even talking about I mean, we are talking about maybe two generations removed where people would be like, they would want to, the two reasons, the two primary reasons to have a lot of kids is one, you have more hands to work on a farm uh, because again, the village will raise the child and overall like it, the, the net economics made more sense. And the other thing was medical practices and like, I mean, childhood was a very uh, mortality, age. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Child you have like yeah. 10 kids and four of them will die and six will survive. So, I mean, that was what, I mean, two generations removed, that was what the case was. So, I mean, Very true. I mean, that was the purpose of having a lot of kids. But right now with like the advancement of medicals and like people want to have kids because they feel the urge to have someone to kind of like 
carry on their name or feel that attachment towards uh, this thing. There are completely different reasons why people are having kids. And for that one, maybe two kids is more than enough. You don't need to have like a whole litter. Right. So <laughs> create 10, four will survive. Seems like a very venture capital uh, <laughs> approach to having kids. I just wanted to, like, I just, unfortunately, instead of kids, now we make corporations. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what's actually needed. Uh, I just wanted to wrap up Narain's point on the primal urge and all that. Say that uh, both in China and South Korea, I see uh, graphs showing condom sales going up, up and up. So it's not like the primal urge has gone anywhere. Uh, but again, economics and uh, everything yeah. else we spoke about right now. But anyway, enough of this. This was my little fact. On to who wants to go next? Me. Who else has something interesting? Yes, Narin. So uh, I read this interesting article, two interesting articles, both about fruits. Okay. The first one was about uh, banana peels, right? So banana peels, like universally, people throw them on the street most of the time for other people to slip on so that somebody can make a comic movie or a cartoon out of it. But it turns out that it makes an excellent flower. Uh, so it makes an excellent uh, flower as in uh, atta. Banana peel, okay, you, if you dry it and powder it, it becomes a flower which you can use for baking. So people I have used it for baking cookies and they say that uh, the cookies turn out quite tasty and they are far more nutritious than the, uh, you know, than the usual flour, the maida or uh, corn flour or the other things, Whoa. other flours that people use. Yeah. I can see a new food trend. I, I like, I like there's going to be an article somewhere, the next yeah. super ingredient, banana peels. Kerala is going to be the leading world power <laughs> in that. <laughs> so, the new that. gold. The new yeah, gold. Like, I can, yeah, 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 I can. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think in the US, uh, basically they collect all of the chicken feet uh, because hmm. obviously no one yeah. eats it. But it's like a huge delicacy in China. And all of the chicken yeah, feet yeah. gets exported to China, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah similar yeah. sort of banana peel situation. Uh, is the second fact related to bananas? No, it is related to fruit. Okay. So, One yeah. second. Let me just uh, yeah. jump in okay. with an interesting thing about bananas, which is that mm. uh, humans eat bananas the wrong way around. So mm. if you uh, look at bananas in the wild and how animals eat it, they open mm. up the banana from the other side, not where it is attached to the bunch, but uh, where each banana has a tip, right? that small thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the side on which monkeys and other animals open up bananas. And oh, eat. wow. So wow. all of us are eating bananas from the wrong side. Uh, <laughs> if Jonathan Swift was around, there would probably be like a big Indian, little Indian kind of uh, situation similar <laughs> for bananas. Chuck is looking confused. Wow. You know the big Indian, yeah, no, little no. Indian thing? No, no. Uh, so uh, I, as always, I'm on the Wikipedia page for banana, banana. peel. And there are two things over here that are interesting to me, which I will proceed to read out to you, gentlemen. One is, of course, just the line. Banana peels are used as food for animals, a drink, an ingredient in cooking, in water purification, for manufacturing of several biochemical products as well as for jokes and comical situations. So like that is created quickly. And, okay. And now, under use, okay, in uses, like culinary use in comical context, 
peeling methods and uh, pay attention, especially Shriket, psychoactive effects of banana peels. I'm like, excuse me, there has been a widespread belief that banana peels contain a psychoactive substance and that smoking them might produce a high or sensation of relaxation. This belief, which may be a rumor or urban legend, is often associated with the 1966 song Mellow Yellow by Donovan, who often collaborated with the Beatles. Uh, a recipe for what the extraction yellow of the submarine. <laughs> that, yeah, which could be banana. So, yeah, so we had simplified. Uh, we yeah, had simplified that's why John Lennon dumped the banana are, uh, in the water and called it that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had simplified research labs take our content very seriously, and further <laughs> investigation into this matter shall be um, construed. So, um, just try smoking yeah. a banana peel. Yeah. But, but <laughs> bananas are famously radioactive. Because of the potassium. Potassium? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bananas are yeah. radioactive. They're very rich in potassium. Yeah, they're very rich in potassium. And uh, so it, it makes a very good fertilizer because uh, potassium is a pretty key ingredient in any soil. And it's always yeah. lacking. Yeah. And, yeah. So uh, a lorry full of bananas is radioactive enough to trigger a false alarm on a radiation detector looking for smuggled nuclear weapons. Wow. So this is why you see frequent, uh, you know, no, no, I police see gatherings at Kerala border. Yeah, <laughs> you see that and I see, I see Naren just itching to say that radioactive uh, story, but we will pause because you have said it thrice on Simplified and once on Seen and Unseen already. So Naren, pause. We are giving you like a 50, 50 episode embargo on like each <laughs> repeating each story for those of you who that, don't know what we are talking that about. Whole, that whole shipment would also be pretty apathetic because it will be very key. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay. yeah. There are 23 uses of banana fact. peels, huh? by the way. Uh, there are 23 uses of banana peels, but never mind. That's on health. This was like some 20 mark assignment in B school or something. <laughs> <laughs> they started listing uses. I'm sure we can come up with more. But yeah, Naren, second fruit fact. Yeah, so uh, fruits with very large seeds, such as mangoes and avocados. So the reason uh, these evolved with very large, uh, very large seeds is that uh, they were designed for being propagated by large animals. So, you know, you would have to have an animal with an anus that big for it to pass through. So in the case of India, where mangoes are native to, it was the elephants. And in the, the strange fact is in, in America, where avocados grew, there is no animal with an anus large enough to allow the seed to pass through. Oh, so they uh, they, they so they, they so they of, relied on like uh, golf club players to sort of <laughs> put it on a team. Yeah, so uh, from a very yeah. from a very early from a very early time, it must have been the people, the locals who would have uh, you know. So there must have been some animals which are overlapping. They, are you saying Americans that, are are full of assholes, large? Assholes. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, I, actually, I was thinking of another parallel, right? So there are like there are there are fruits with large seeds that cannot propagate unless there are large enough anuses. There are also ideas in this world that cannot propagate if there are 
aren't large enough anuses. So oh, I would like and, to. <laughs> and for those, all of those, so we've been asking for a profundity. Here it is. Why, yeah. why do we need yeah. WhatsApp yeah. forwards oh and there are nothing? There is nothing. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, oh, people, just deep, keep, deep, so deep. keep this in mind next time. It's just about mango season starting here in India. So just remember this delicious fact next time you dig into an Alfonso. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I think we need a break to recover from that uh, that fact. So profundity, yeah. I will just seed yeah. break in here. So enjoy, enjoy yeah. this ad oh. or plug for another show, but be back two hours in about 30 seconds. And we are back with more half pints from the half pints that are simplified. That made no sense, but again, yeah, what yeah. part of the show yeah. does? Uh, a- you want to go? We are yeah, one sure. pint down, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, moving from uh, seeds and Chinese birth rate, I'm still in the process of uh, discovering different facets of this new country that I've moved to. And one interesting factoid I've discovered, like the one thing being like, what what I really can't digest is that I'm living in a country where... Mango seed, mango seed you can't digest. No, that also. <laughs> I, I can't digest <laughs> I can't digest it. I can't pass it either. So that is the other problem. But yeah, so no, the 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 key, the main fact is that there is a, I mean, I, the, I live in a country with, a, with very peaceful neighbors, right? Like there are, there is no conflict with the neighbor. Like the US and the, uh, Canada have the longest land border in the world. And hmm. they generally don't have much conflict with each other. And I was like, how can it be like this? There has to be some conflict, right? Oh, you're talking about neighbors from a country sense and not country. like who's living in flat no, 1103. No, 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 okay, not, not like that. National neighbors. Uh, but anyway, so I mean, I'm like, <laughs> oh, where is that? Oh, oh, I, mean, oh, I see where you're coming from. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, where we have. I like, like how so, you I mean, generated a random flat number, Chuck, which is nothing to 1103. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not so random, but anyway. But uh, yeah, so. So, yeah, so here is where like, I was like, okay, there has to be some conflict that has to have happened. So then I discovered that there was, obviously, when the Americans got independence, the the Canadians and the Canadians who were the British at that point of time, and they had a war and all that stuff. But even now, and that's the funny thing that Canada and US still continue to have one territorial dispute. All right. And it is the most hilarious territorial dispute that exists. All right. It is this, so uh, it is this one island called the Machaya sea Isle, uh, Seal Island. All right. It is a small rocky island. All right. That is like, it is basically like only like say about 10 meters or like some, it is basically like some uh, 50 meters in size and all that stuff as far as area is concerned. It's completely rocky. It's barren. It has nothing on it. All right. Was it just but like pooped out by an elephant? This <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> a bunch of mangoes were around here and now just the island. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, this, this ah. island has nothing on it. But this is disputed because of some very funky reasons. One, that so when the Americans got their independence in like 17, like when they won the Battle of Yorktown and all that in 1781 or whatever, there was a Treaty of Paris that was signed in 1783 between the British and the, the new America, the new United States of America, who like signed this treaty and said that, and the, the treaty said that everything south of the St. Croix River, which is that one river that runs between US and Canada, and within 20 hmm. leagues of the US coast, any islands or any water, territorial waters, within 20 leagues of the US coast belongs to the US. All right. That was signed in that in that treaty. But then bef- uh, prior to that treaty, there was a Royal Charter of 1621 that says anything six leagues off the coast of, of what is territorial Canada 
is Canadian property, right? Now, by some the miracle, neither of the, these both don't conflict in pretty much anything except for this one small barren island, which is six leagues of the coast of Canada, Canadian uh, this thing and 12 leagues of the coast of American uh, land, right? So now, now... One thing is, nobody would want to have possession of this land. But what's interesting is the people want to have possession of the water. Because ah. this is prime lobster fishing area, right? So ah. it's off the coast of Maine in the US and it's off the coast of New Brunswick in Canada. And this particular area is very rich in lobsters, right? Now, lobsters, uh, lobster fishing is like a big art where basically you have to like make sure that you don't overfish the lobster and you have to like make sure they have their breeding seasons and all that stuff, right? Now, because this is a gray zone, both US and Canadian fishermen are like, there are no rules because both are fishing illegally in that waters because both have claims it's disputed <laughs> water. So both tend to go there and just fish indiscriminately. All right. And it's gotten to a point where while the countries don't give a shit, the countries actually have said this is disputed and we'll forget about it because nobody gives a crap. They're, the, the fishermen are going and fighting each other over there. Oh. So like apparently some fishermen have gotten shot and all that stuff while trying to fish at different oh points of time. Right. Oh. And the more hilarious thing is here that... While the US claimed a territory on that island, the Canadians who were the British in 1800s went and built a lighthouse over there. So the only thing on this particular island is one lighthouse that was built by the British in 1832. Now, all the lighthouses, all the tiny islands that are off the coast of Canada and the US are all unmanned. All right, these are all unmanned uh, lighthouses because now they no longer need to physically man lighthouses, except for the Machaya Seal Island, which is manned by two Canadians around the year. Right? <laughs> wow. Are you serious? And this, they. So they there is an Isle of Man and an Isle of Two Men. <laughs> yeah, so there's, and there, no, there's actually an Isle of Man only. The two are in rotation. So, like six months, six months, oh. there's like. So, there's just one man who goes and sits there. Yeah, so there's, a, there's, actually, there's actually a documentary which covers the life of this one man who just sits on this island doing nothing. Thing. He has no jobs. That is crazy. That's amazing. He has to sit right. on the island and just like basically say, I am here, therefore, this is Canadian. Right. How, <laughs> how, how does one apply this? This, this job seems man. like uh, one very good place for like IT outsourcing. Someone who's on the bench can just go and sit there. <laughs> yeah, it's effectively that. And be productive. You can build them. Okay. And, and here's the hilarious <laughs> part. Along, along with the lobster overfishing that does happen in the waters, the island is a great place for puffin, you know, puffin birds to come and flock. The, a lot of puffin birds come puffin over there. Rock. Yeah, puffin, I, I can actually see there are tours over there. Yeah, so now the basically the thing is American and Canadian uh, tourists come and see the puffin birds over there. And neither, neither, that lighthouse keeper doesn't mind. So he's like, screw it, whoever wants to come, come. So everyone comes and does that. And like, because the Americans also, I mean, are like patriotic. There is this one dude called Barna Norton, who turns up every year on the island and plants an American flag over there and goes away. And then the lighthouse keeper goes and takes out the American flag and goes away. So basically, that's Amazing. the ritual. So there is no, Amazing. like the, the governments don't care about who owns the island. Everyone goes whenever the hell they want to. There's lobster fishing indiscriminately happening in the waters. Dudes come and plant flags and go away. Lighthouse keepers come and sit in the lighthouse and go away. And that's how life goes on. <laughs> there is some So basically, ha, go on, go on, go on. No, no. So basically, it's two countries just puff in their chest and like. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> there are some <laughs> and lovely. like it's a lobster fight. Uh, the only thing that can be. Uh, even more benign is a bolster fight. Bolster, but, uh, <laughs> sir, go on. Uh, but Chuck, uh, what I was saying was, uh, 
you should go and see the google reviews of this island which by the way the only thing that is reviewable on that island is shriket the, the lighthouse, lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> the lighthouse so there are two there are uh, there are two in my two minutes of reading perusing through there are two memes that are hap- going through over here uh, one is uh, people randomly claiming like this is part of other countries like oh this is like <laughs> what a stunning island i can't believe that this is the only land left in czechoslovakia may czechoslovakia return to its former glory so this <laughs> one meme is there happening i see this for a few other countries as well and the second meme is in both uh, americans and canadians very very obviously getting overly patriotic and like eh, like they claim that this is theirs but this is how so it's 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 good fun and good banter this reminds me of that i'm sure you guys know this uh, the hans island the small island that was a fight between quote unquote fight between denmark and canada so where yeah. you get yeah. the denmark and go is it ah huh? Very good chewing tobacco, which is. I don't know about chewing Hans. tobacco, but it, but actually, uh, it's actually very much like this island only the way Shrikit described it. It's random. It's in the middle. Nobody wants that place, and it's yeah. actually. So you might wonder uh, where there is a border between Den, uh, between Denmark and Canada, and that is off Greenland, which is yeah, uh, territory, I suppose, of. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the territory yeah. of Greenland. So there's a small island called Hans Island, which is between Greenland and Canada. And for the longest time, it, there was a friendly dispute where the Danish would uh, come, they would remove the Canadian flag and put uh, and keep whiskey, and then the Canadians would do the same. And this went on for a while until the governments played spoil sport in 2022 and decided to actually have a, a resolution. And now half the island belongs to uh, Canada, and half the island be- belongs to. Denmark. So that is that. That's the Hans Island in the Arctic. That goes nicely with this. I'm sure there are many other random little, uh, you know, yeah, islands. Yeah, and I'm uh, like, like this. I mean, I mean, that's what, right? When you look at it, like there's such a, it's such a. a canadian amicable way of like resolving a border yeah. dispute or living with a border dispute and like i'm looking at like i mean imagine if they we did uh, similar things with kashmir at some point of time but now tony's <laughs> fact let's tony's fact no Quickly. one second but sticket uh, you mentioned uh, the paris treaty and yeah. uh, in true accordance to godwin's law <laughs> i i remembered yeah. a amazing fact which is that uh, in when the world war 1 uh, happened in 1918 when germany was supposed to surrender uh, the german officers actually sort of uh, signed the surrender in one coach of uh, the yeah, orient the treaty express treaty of versailles yeah the treaty of versailles yeah. right and yeah. and then basically but the f- funny thing is it happened in the orient express so during yeah. world war 2 when france finally had to surrender hitler brought that coach and yeah. put them in that particular coach and made them oh, sign this and dragged it there. out back to and, that so it had gone to a museum yeah. so he dragged it out back to that original yeah. spot got those guys to get back into that coach and then got it to sign inside and sign it and then like 4 years later when or few years later when he realized he was losing the war the first thing he did before anything else was blow up this compartment up so that they wouldn't <laughs> force him to sign the surrender there so yeah uh, so Uh, yeah, yeah, different yeah. So actually, <laughs> the original signing of the Treaty of Versailles, Versailles in that coach is is uh, there in the movie. All is quiet on the Western Front. It's it's actually very nicely oh, done in that movie. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so it's on Netflix. Yeah. So it's worth watching. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen so, yes. Banshees of Ed Sheeran either. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I think Tony, it's time for your fact. Tony. Yeah. Okay. So my fact is uh, basically we started with China, we end with Japan. 
is that uh, I always like these marketing gimmicks which have just become a part of our life. Uh, my fact is that uh, the 10,000 steps measure that we use today has absolutely no basis in science and it originated in Japan for the 1964 Tokyo Olympics uh, because the number 10,000 in the kanji script looks like a man walking. So oh, really? they're like, oh, yeah. Wow. And like uh, 10,000 steps is as no bearing for anything, right? And and practically it is older and more prevalent and more culturally significant than the other Walkman from Japan, right? So oh. people still <laughs> people still talk oh. about ten thousand steps, right? And like, if you look at the science, obviously, like walking X number of steps has is is good because you can target it. It's easy to do and stuff like that. But like, there's no real backing to it. Apparently, like seven thousand steps or something is just as uh, effective, and it will vary from person to person. And basically, there's been no scientific uh, study done on this, right? But interestingly, when when the Sony Walkman came about, uh, people actually sort of saw an increase in people walking around just so that they could listen uh-huh. to music. So there would have been a point uh, somewhere during the 70s or 80s when people were actually wearing both of the Walkman, like the pedometer to walk 10,000 steps as well as the Sony Walkman. So yeah, oh, wow. Wow. fantastic. It makes me think like what are the other like rituals or other beliefs that are actually just either marketing gimmicks or something like the the whole brushing twice a day or just brushing at all wasn't that uh, something that Colgate or somebody came up with yeah. about a century and a half back? So, I don't yeah. know. So, so yeah, so you don't need to brush yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something there. Is, there is something like that. It's all just uh, fake it's news. It's not exactly a ritual, but the other one which is entirely based on superstition is the fact that. So I got this when I worked on Savlon for a little bit, like the the, the formulation of Dettol, like the the yeah. antiseptic Dettol yeah, is yeah. actually the, the, the formulation is like an old formulation that was developed during the world wars. All right. And back then they didn't know better. So that's why they used to add. So the, the burning sensation and the antiseptic smell comes from some, from turpentine, yeah. which is part of the, which is part of the Dettol formulation, which later on they discovered was not required and they got a better formulation, which is yeah, Savlon, yeah, which yeah. does not need to burn. But the thing is, because the burning sensation and the smell became so closely associated with like the healing of like, or the killing of bacteria and the antiseptic properties of Savlon and yeah, uh, you of feel Dettol, like some shit is happening. you feel like something's happening. So now, in fact, that smell and the burning sensation is added specifically so that the yeah, yeah. people feel it's that. This so is, it's this not is required. A, this is a, yeah, this is a simplified episode by itself. A needless yeah. things added just to give that illusion. Like electric yeah. cars right now, uh, they are so silent, but people want that feeling that there is yeah, actually something sound, happening. Yeah, so they're actually sound happened. added. The sound uh, added, the cars, yeah. all that yeah. stuff is yeah, required. Yeah, so so I, I, absolutely. So I mean, this is all like, and again, like similarly, there's also the when you're talking about cars, the 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 the, the, the there is the sound of the car door closing is actually engineered. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's supposed to like create a certain amount of this thing. It needs to close in a certain way to communicate what the car is like and how the car is supposed to be and all that stuff. Like for example, if you've got a big truck like a huge like semi truck and all that stuff and if the door closes very quietly then you don't feel like your truck is robust enough so actually they have to make the <laughs> truck sound like 
So when they close the door, it needs to have a thump to it. So there's a lot of these semiotics that are actually added when they are not required because like people need to feel a certain way about certain products. So yeah. This is quite fascinating. So uh, dearly. Yeah, but please, I mean, it, uh, it is uh, actually design principle, right? Which is that yeah. feedback is more important than actually something happening Precisely. in the bank. Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've all installed several CDs back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the progress bar would just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> oh, 99% yeah. it would stop for 30 minutes. I'm like, you know, <laughs> what is happening? So like some of these yeah. things are just added just to give you yeah. a feeling that something's happening. The, bi- in the, the biggest, I mean, the bis- biggest placebo of the digital era, I'd say is antiviruses. Like, most of them do nothing. Like, Norton has created a whole industry out of it. And then, they, I yeah. mean, yeah. You, you really Norton's basically like, just randomly planting flags on islands and yeah. uselessly <laughs> taking space. Oh. Or, pass, or passing seeds through their anuses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I had uh, connected, connected to the Japan uh, 10,000 steps story. I had a rather tragic anecdote. So, oh, my. Yeah. So, this this happened in a factory close to mine. So, I know the guy. And uh, he was, uh, how shall I say, a little uh, overweight, right? So, his wife got him a Fitbit. And she told him that you have to walk 10,000 steps because it says so in the on the internet. And this guy, for him, it was complete agony, right? So, and she had it connected, like, they, like obviously the Fitbit was connected via Bluetooth to his phone and shared with his wife. So she knew exactly how much, how many steps this guy had walked. So eventually what so this guy did him, was, uh, he hired a full-time appointee whose only job was to wear the watch, wear the Fitbit thing Ah. and walk up and down in the factory. And everything was fine. So this guy would be basically chilling out, chilling out in his office and this employee would be walking up and down, sometimes clocking even as much as 20,000 steps and wife was very happy. Then one day, that was when the tragedy struck. So one day, he, something happened, he had to go out and he went directly home and he forgot all about this guy. And this guy was merrily walking up and down. And his wife could see uh, the husband was at home. And uh, Fitbit was recording steps. steps. And uh, then she put him under the lights. And then he had to confess <laughs> everything. But it was so sad. Yeah. And it was all because of this Japanese 10,000 steps thing. So, yeah. Can, can, I, add a, can mm-hmm. I add a quick uh, uh, one before we close yeah, this episode yeah, yeah. in two minutes? Uh, is that uh, actually the bef- pre-MBA, a lot of us did jobs which like we did because it was default, right? Like <laughs> you did some random branch in engineering, but then you ended up doing some software somewhere. And usually you like a lot of people were on the bench. right? So this happened to my friend, happened to my friend rather. He like created the scenario wherein he realized that he has absolutely no work, but he has to go every day and punch in and punch out, right? Like mm. the entry needs to be made. So he realizes his ID card has two parts. One is the ID card itself and behind that there is a sensor thing, right? So he basically plucked out that part and inserted it into his friend's ID card. He's like, I'll stay home, you do this thing. And (laughs) it all worked well till one day this guy was getting in and then the HR was right behind him. And then he saw that it beeped twice and he's like, hey, what is that? 
and then this guy went back and checked the logs and figured out that uh, oh, this whole scam no. was going <laughs> but but <laughs> thankfully my friend uh, made it through cat that same year so easy <laughs> 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 fantastic yeah. <laughs> amazing feelings so. to the rescue yes <laughs> <laughs> This is amazing. I like these half pint episodes. See, we all learned something new today, despite having hardly anything to start with. It's like it's so yeah. also a tagline for simplified. Also a tagline for simplified. So Narin, uh, two standard like drinks, pretty pretty yeah. standard. Two standard drinks. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay pinted and stay simplified, folks. And see you next week. 